water plus uh, pineapple juice too is my 911. Pineapple juice has something called the bromelain enzyme in it. Mm-hmm. And that bromelain enzyme helps hydrate the cord because it helps the water get in the tissue faster. Oh, interesting. Okay. And it also soothes, it soothes the tissues of the pharynx. So you don't want to use too much because you can cause acid reflux. Mm. So uh, the best way to do it is to dilute it for like about four parts water, one part pineapple juice. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of my interview with Judy Rodman. So vocal manipulation techniques, Mm -hmm. if we're going to go into how you can improve maybe um, being able to communicate what you want to communicate, does that, do you have some suggestions? I do. Yeah, I'd love to hear them. And to keep it simple again, what all we're doing, and this is what I tell my vocal students singing and speaking, all we're doing is giving you access to your full array (laughs) of possibilities. Okay. The voice wants access to movement. And it wants access to what the heck am I doing? Why am I <laughs> making this sound? It wants access to what your intention is. So you're a good horseback rider. <laughs> um, but so there, there are. That's where we're going to go back to the other two legs of this three-legged stool, and that is breath and open throat that you can manipulate. So the first thing I have people do when they almost always have a limited, uh, they're they're allowing limited access to the resonating chambers and they're having breath problems they don't even know about. You know, I've got two brother-in-laws that are doctors and a sister who's a nurse practitioner and none of them understand breath for the voice. They understand breath for life. Mm -hmm. And that's because there's one added component when we're using our voices that has to do with breath and that's control of the air that's coming up. (laughs) Yes. You can live without control, but you can't speak and sing without control for very long or very effectively. Sure. So breath, uh, you know, I I teach with anatomy and imagery, and and that that imagery and and understanding the anatomy a little bit kind of helps you sense where your breath is coming from. So I'm going to cut to the chase here and tell you this. Most people think that you should power your voice from your chest area, right? That's your diaphragm, even if you know where your diaphragm is. Although I know a very famous producer who thought the diaphragm was in the belly. (laughs) So just because you're you're really great at what you do and very successful doesn't mean you know where your diaphragm is. Well, you know, anatomy is something else. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But, um, and, and they get in trouble when they're you know, trying to tell their, their, their people that they're producing, like sing from your diaphragm and not even knowing where that is. Yeah. But the bottom line is if you sing from your diaphragm area, which is uh, your diaphragm's connected at the bottom of your rib cage mm-hmm. or speak from there, okay, you're going to collapse the rib cage even just a little bit. And what that's going to do is give your diaphragm more slack. 
And that is directly connected to you are going to give your voice less breath control. Mm, Okay. So what you want is you want your diaphragm to be stretched out like a trampoline or like my husband's drum heads. You want them to be nice and taut, T-A-U-T, so that the diaphragm and the automatic nervous system have control. Because, you know, you just flat don't have control if your rib cage is not stretched wide. And this is a bone cage that we have in front. It, it's, uh, it's heavy. So what we need to do is something in the upper spine that straightens the upper spine out in a flexible way, not stiff, mm-hmm. because the bone cage will still try to come in. But so posture has to do with that. Okay. And what I tell my singers and speakers is, is to move your head back over your tailbone instead of your pubic bone. And, or if you're standing, stand over your heels, balance your head over your heels, not the balls of your feet. Interesting. If you're speaking on stage, speak from your heels, not the balls of your feet. And you want to sense where you're powering your voice from, ready for a shock? Mm. Your butt. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. The power of the pelvic floor, okay? It's like riding a horse downhill. You would kind of lean back a little bit, and if if you think about the stirrups as saddle extensions, well, our legs and feet are butt extensions. So gives if you power to the yeah. whole speaking out of your ass, doesn't it? Oh yeah, or, <laughs> or sing your butt off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's wow. funny they say that, isn't it? Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about public speakers as well, because this relates to them as well. So, Oh, big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Right. And then you squeeze yourself open in your chest. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And that's what gives you control. And, and guess what? What our arms do as public speakers, if, if, you, if you're talking with your arms moving in front, your ribcage is going to come in on you. Mm. If you move your elbows back a little bit and use your hand and arm language that in such a way that it balances your head back a little bit, whole new ball game. Interesting. When you're doing voiceover, and I have voiceover art- artists who are, are clients of mine too, mm-hmm. that run it, and, and usually it's for two reasons. One, they're experiencing a little bit of uh, lack of control, and you know, Jody, that it's all about the ultimate control when you're doing voiceover. Oh, yeah. So that's breath. That's a breath issue. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is uh, if, if they want to expand their ability, then we're going to get into open throat in a second. And I can show you how to do that a little better. But if you have your mic that you have as a voiceover artist too far forward, you'll lean over and there, you, there goes your... Uh, there goes your breath control. Yeah. If you pull your knees into your desk and you put your hands on either your thighs or your desk in such a way, not to make noise, but to help lift you up, mm-hmm. that does it. Another thing I do, and I'm going to show you, I know we're not doing video today, but I use this <laughs> little stick. Okay. Uh, uh, it's actually a back scratcher with my students. That'll work. <laughs> and, and exactly. And Or you can take a ruler, and I've, mm-hmm. my, some of my voiceover artists have uh, helped themselves immensely by doing this. Take some kind of a kitchen spoon or ruler or back scratcher and talk with that in between your hands. It opens your rib cage and you have more control. Wow. 
That is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I am when I'm sitting and doing my work, I'm actually on a knee chair. So I awesome. don't have a back and my knees are forward. And, you know, yeah. I, so and it does help a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're powering yourself from your, yeah. <laughs> You're powering yourself from your thighs, are you not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep, the butt. Yep. <laughs> the, the thighs are just a butt extension, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so just holding that opens you up. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Just, That's just a you being little in trick that, right there. Right. And, you know, we always talk with our hands. Uh, if you put your fingertips together and you kind of talk like that, same thing. Wow. It's amazing. Help yourself back. And then this is I, this is what I call pulling power instead of pushing power. You are much more effective, meaning that mean what does that mean? That means you're going to get the response you want much more likely if you act like a magnet rather than a blowhard. Mm, okay. Unless you're a character actor, you know, and you're trying to, to uh, you know, that's a different take thing, on that yeah. role. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> then you have intention behind something else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And yeah. you change your body language accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the last area that we haven't talked about this is uh, the open throat mm-hmm. or the throat channel and the configurations you can make there. One thing that most people that have problems speaking do, besides pushing their voice, uh, too too hard or wasting air inefficiently instead of using compression breath centered in the pelvic floor. Most people don't know that the eyes matter. Okay. And here's where here's where I'll say uh, I'll do an experiment and I'll have people like uh, first first of all raise your eyebrows and everybody listening to this raise your eyebrows and notice what happens in your nose. <laughs> yeah, because it opens a little. It yeah. opens it up, right? Yeah. Well, it it actually lifts the lid. Uh, on your uh, your vocal cave, your throat tract, it raises your soft palate and it raises the upper part of your nasal membrane. And but it's like a double ceiling that gets to raise. And it doesn't mean you speak buggy-eyed, but when you move your eyes in certain ways, mm-hmm. you'll notice it just gives your voice access to different places, all right? And again, intention will choose from what you need to do there. But just know that we need... Eye language. Isn't that funny that we talk about eye language? Yeah. Yeah, it's really fascinating to hear And that. so uh, so what we can do is practice by going, by counting to five loud with frozen eyes and then counting to five loud with your eyes really active and you're know, like you're crazy, like overdo it. <laughs> and you'll notice. Yeah. 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 One, yeah. And then the second area is the jaw. Tongue and jaw positions. You want to Give your tongue a free ride with a flexible jaw. And so you'll notice what, hap- what happens then is that the, your tongue base lets your larynx float instead of pulling your larynx up. You also, if you saw uh, an anatomical drawing, you would see that you open the, ba- the space right behind your tongue a little bit. So it's like yawning a little? Yes, like yawning, which okay. so you have the the lift of the soft palate, uh-huh. and then the drop of the jaw. And here's something interesting: Did you know you can't yawn unless you drop your jaw? I didn't know that, but I, it makes try sense. Try it. It yeah, makes try, sense. Yeah. Try not. Try <laughs> the next time you're about to yawn. Mm-hmm. Try freezing your jaw. Good luck with it. Yeah. 
it doesn't work. Yeah. You, you can, but it doesn't feel very good. You know, mm. and you really can't yawn fully without doing that. That's because the soft palate and the jaw are connected in a way that they affect each other. All right. So moving your jaw in a bit of a chewing circle, not just straight down like Pac-Man, <laughs> is going to give you more nuanced access to, again, to opening your throat to, to certain places in your resonance cave. And there's a, th and so we can do this little, uh, this little uh, exercise that uh, is where you tighten your jaw and count to five loud, and then move your jaw around like Forrest Gump saying, life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> okay, yeah. And you'll notice the difference. And so right now I'm going to tighten my eyes and I'm going to tighten my jaw, and then I'm going to open my eyes, widen my eyes, move my eyes, and move my jaw in a chewing circle. And I'm going to show you what both things sound like. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm going to change, by the way. I'm just going to activate the ceiling and the floor or not. Starting numb, starting without facial language. One, two, three, four, five. Moving eyes and jaw. One, two, three, four, five. Very different sound. And you're going to notice something also that. The tight way, it doesn't sound that good to people, and it also doesn't feel that good to people because most people don't know that when you hear a voice, your voice, your vocal apparatus automatically tries to configure to what it's hearing. Hmm. So that's the way we learn to talk. That's the way we learn languages. That's the way we learn dialects. Yeah. And to express ourselves. Yeah. So... um Another reason for professional speakers to loosen that area up, because then people are going to want to listen to what you're saying for wh in ways they don't even they don't even know why they want to listen to it, but it feels good. Sure. And there's one other direction. It's very interesting because most people, even vocal coaches, don't don't really address this. Okay. And that is C1, which is the top of your spine, your neck bone. Mm. If you move that back ever so slightly, not bringing your chin up, but moving it back like you've got a space invader coming at you with uh, coronavirus, okay? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. If you move back that way, you may notice that your eustachian tubes are affected. That's because your eustachian tubes fall right into the post-nasal drip zone, and moving that way opens the channel there and stretches the cave there, stretches the tissue there where the eustachian tubes fall into the back of your throat. So very uh, often a mistake that speakers make, and including voiceover artists sometimes, e even in just a little way, way mm -hmm. of, of, doing, of making this mistake, is moving the head forward. Mm-hmm especially when you're trying to make somebody understand something. Yeah. Okay. Closes things up. It closes things off. Right back there, and I have a medical model that'll show you, but you can see the post-nasal drip zone. When that top vertebra moves forward, it tightens. If that top vertebra moves back just a little bit, it opens that space. Mm. And guess what else it opens? The rib cage. <laughs> Isn't that useful? <laughs> Isn't that useful? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so again, so these, these are real technical ways. And, and it's so funny how subtle people 
uh, can make these mistakes, how subtly they can make these mistakes, mm-hmm. and how fixing them is immediate in improving vocal ability. Yeah, getting into the habit of doing that kind of thing can then right. really help. And a there's lot. exactly, and that's a that's a great point that you brought up there because that's where vocal exercises come in. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. And moving on from there. Uh, can you talk a little about vocal health? Because I know that um, singers and speakers and uh, voice actors use their voices all the time, but how can they best care for their voices? That is incredibly important because, you know, without the health of your voice, you can't speak very long or very well. It's true. So the, the two things, the two biggest things are, number one, water. Yes. Hydration. Hydrated. Yeah. There, there is actually something called the mucosal wave that is on the surface of the vocal cord. And if that way, if that mucosal wave gets dehydrated, think of something. Yes. You got your water right there with you. Mm-hmm. Think of I have uh, my water. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it gets gluey. Yes. And it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, the, the wave of vibration of sound doesn't go through there very well. Well, especially for voice actors, you'll find that if you're not um, suitably hydrated, you'll click a lot inside your mouth. Yes. And that's not really good for recording. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So the the other thing that uh, is the most important is using your breath efficiently, because the number one reason that voices get damaged and strained is using breath wrong, is... Uh, overblowing the vocal cords or dehydrating the vocal cords. You know, just it doesn't overblowing doesn't mean necessarily being loud, but it's being breathy. Yeah. And if you have uh, some kind of character voice or some kind of effect that that you where you want to be breathy, it's real important to get back to a vocal exercise that makes your vocal cords tighten up a little bit, like uh, or you know. Thin, thin out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also you get back to your water. Water plus uh, pineapple juice too is my 911. Pineapple juice has something called the bromelain enzyme in it. Mm-hmm. And that bromelain enzyme helps hydrate the cord because it helps the water get in the tissue faster. Oh, interesting. Okay. And it also soothes, it soothes the tissues of the pharynx. So you don't want to use too much because you can cause acid reflux. Mm. So uh, the best way to do it is to dilute it for like about four parts water, one part pineapple juice. Okay. Unless you're allergic to it, in which case, sorry, <laughs> it's not, not for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is there another juice that would work in that nope. case or nothing no, else? And, no, just pineapple juice. I've used everything. Mm. I had a two-day session that I was a uh, contractor for and group leader for, and it was out of town, and I couldn't reschedule it for some clients. And on the on the drive up, I got laryngitis from a cold. Oh, no. <laughs> and I got there, and we didn't know what I was going to do. I did, had no idea. Everybody, so this was a group of like four people on each part. So there you know, were, you know, 16 people. Everybody was offering me lozenges and teas and <laughs> and sprays and nothing worked. And I happened to go into the refrigerator of this place and they had pineapple juice. And since my son was little, I've always diluted juice because I, I know how important hydration is. And so to try to get more water in. So I had one of the those big, huge glasses and I put a can of pineapple juice in it. 
As long as I was drinking the pineapple juice, I could even sing in my head voice. Wow. So I sipped it between takes the whole day and got through two days with laryngitis. That's impressive. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to know. <laughs> and, I, and then, and since then, so I knew it worked for me, but since then I've tried it out uh, with my singers and speakers and almost all of them are, are using it on stage or in their studios. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it doesn't have to be like a huge amount of pineapple juice. It's no, just, it's just surface. Yeah. It's just yeah. take sips. Right. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Because I've like, I don't have sugar. So I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm yeah, avoiding and I know. the, yeah. <laughs> right. And pe- some people are really um, very, uh, that that's a big concern, either, either from diabetes or from just weight issues or whatever. But that, that little amount of pineapple juice, it's like, do you not eat any fruit? Well, berries. Yeah, but, and they've but got yeah, a little bit of fruit with sugar in it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, you know, just try it out and see how it affects you. But you can dilute it, you know, five parts water, one part pineapple juice, because mm-hmm. it doesn't take much. I find that it doesn't take much to make a difference. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to give that a try. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, even if it can, you know, help you with laryngitis, that's pretty good. That's yeah, that's yeah. a nice home remedy right there. <laughs> right, right. So uh, I know that in your um, previous talks, you've mentioned uh, miming as a shortcut to speaking in a different way. Yes. So yes. I'm just wondering if we could get into a little of this, if you could explain how that works. If you were to go into Walmart and you see those big TVs there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you were a speaker on those TVs, you would want whoever's watching to know not only what you're saying, but what what that means. Mm-hmm. So you use your body language. So again, intention. Exactly. And yeah. your body language, your facial language, your articulation, all of that goes into miming. Mm-hmm. And you can, if you want to learn to speak like someone else, uh, which, you know, you know, when a person learns to paint, the first thing they do is paint other people's masterpieces. Sure. So what, if you want to learn to speak like Jane Polly or, you know, or like another character, if you're into character voices, mime someone doing it. Mm-hmm. I guess it can help you with accents too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I only speak English and maybe a couple of words of Spanish, but, and and French, but I've done dialect background singing where the person just says it first and then I mimic what they're doing, Mm -hmm. but I do it by miming what they're doing at first and then I can do it. I can do it. Um, I think that has to do, it's it's easier if you've had access to different dialects uh, that you had to voice when you're really uh, young, like as a child. And I did. I, I actually moved from California to England and learned to talk in England and then went to Mississippi. So that's like oh, wow. speaking two different languages. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but I had no idea that that actually helped me change. I, I can be a chameleon and whoever I'm uh, around, I start speaking a little bit more like that. Yeah, I was wondering. I've been in the South. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in the South for a long time now. And so I'm, yeah, I'm using the y'alls and everything. But uh, <laughs> if, I, if I'm around someone else for very long, I really start taking on that, that dialect. But that gets back to that's the way we learn to make sound and shape sound is by listening to someone else 
So really focus in on that and try to make your face and your, you know, just imagine yourself saying things exactly like they're saying. You can learn style this way, including timing. Sure. You can learn all kinds of things this way. Does that that answer what you were asking? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting way to um, change the sound of your voice and change the the accent that you're using. And and as you say, timing as well is right. always a good thing. I mean, I know a lot of people who, when they're first practicing at singing, they're they're mimicking other singers. Right. You know, they're they're singing like that singer when they're. You know, I did it. We had yeah. to do it with jingles. Yeah. Oh yeah, Barbara Streisand was my yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was definitely <laughs> oh that's that that's a funny funny thing right there mm-hmm. because when I was before I was a vocal coach and knew why my voice did the things it did when I was you know doing my country con- uh, concerts as an artist back in the eighties what I just what I found is that if I listened to Barbara Streisand and Sandy Patty and Kiri Takanawa and people with real bell-like voices mm-hmm. that were not in my genre, but they, they, that would make my throat open up. Oh, yeah. Because my voice was configuring itself to what it was hearing. And I could do a silent warm-up, vocal warm-up, just listening. Wow. Yeah. Theater of the mind, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing what we can do. <laughs> oh, it's it truly is. Yeah. So what are you working on right at this moment? Are you, um, I mean, obviously there's lots going on where you are. are I'm definitely you're... working online instead of in person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So you are seeing uh, students and, and doing various other. I am. I've got a full slate of students. Uh, you know, it's really, there's some silver linings in this because you can learn to do things online because you're gonna we're gonna have to. Sure. Uh, your gas mileage is pretty good. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, gas is lower than it's been in a long time. Yeah, but who cares? Like, <laughs> I know, you know no one's going anywhere. <laughs> well, but you know the freight still has to get through, right? So oh yeah, it's good but for I'm that. talking about getting to a vocal lesson. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Or or doing uh, you know guesting on on some great podcast like yours. <laughs> yeah, my gas mileage is zero. So mm-hmm, that's good. Yeah, so there's different things like, and and I'm also working on filming a uh, videotaping a new course. I've never really focused all that much on video training. My courses since 2004 that I've developed have been mostly audio mm-hmm. or ebook okay. or my my actual book on Amazon called Singing in the Studio. But I think everything's moving more towards video since we have the gear that can take that kind of bandwidth pretty easily now. Yeah, it's a lot easier now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, and and the quality is so much better now that we can get. So I'm creating a, uh, it's going to probably take me a year to do it, uh, 12 module course in in the voice, in, in vocal training. Okay. And using different, you know, there'll be 12 different subjects. My very first one is called the speaking voice. So when it comes out, I'll let you know. Oh, please do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be really useful. Yeah. I, I guess we all have a little more time to sort of yeah. take our time and and develop things that will work without, you know, needing to be in personal spaces with people. Right. Yeah. Right. It's been interesting. Before we go, um, how can people find out more about you? Where you want to talk about your website? And I know you're all over social media. <laughs> yes. In fact, to, you know, keep things simple for people. 
I, you can as access every place that I am from my website. Okay. And that's just judyrodman.com. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you have a podcast of your own, right? I do. All Things Vocal. And uh, you're going to be on it before long. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. I am too. Yeah. Because audio branding really goes into being an artist as well, you know, and uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation that we have. But yes, allthingsvocal.com, you can get to it from there. And you can find All Things Vocal on all the podcast apps that you can think of just about. That is wonderful. Well, thanks so much for talking with me today. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. And by the way, Jody, I've dug into the archives of your podcast, and it is fascinating. I'm recommending it to everyone I know. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Great work. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.